0: Welcome to this week's Point Community Church Sunday Sermon. If you'd like to learn more about the Point Community Church, please visit our website at tpcc.org.au. Well, it's an honour to be a COVIDS. My wife uh, has known this since we've been married. My children have been born in to the honour of being a Covitz. You know somewhat of the honour. I mean, after all, I am one of your pastors. I am a Covitz. I am a big deal. <laughs> I am relieved you're laughing. And if this is your first time here, I'm relieved you haven't walked out the door. That felt yuck, didn't it? I mean, it's one thing. Some people think of themselves. They act as if they're the centre of the world. It's another thing to have somebody stand in front of a crowd and say, I am a big deal. And yet, that is exactly what we hear Jesus doing in our passage tonight. We've already heard Naomi read it out. And the crowd understood what Jesus was saying. Jesus declared that he is the centre of the universe. The crowd heard what Jesus was saying. They picked up rocks. They wanted to kill him. So why was Jesus being so provocative? Because there was some in that crowd that were entitled religious bigots. And Jesus was going to give one last crack at revealing their religious bigotry. Uh, The first thing Jesus did uh, was call them slaves. He called out their slavery. Uh, The second thing Jesus did was call out their paternity. And then the third thing that Jesus did, he challenged them. Jesus said, crown me or kill me. And so that's where this sermon is headed. Three headings, slaves to sin, Children of the devil, crown me or kill me. And so let's begin. Slaves to sin. Uh, Last week we looked at the first half of chapter 8 and we heard Jesus declare, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me walks in the light of life. Whoever doesn't follow me walks in darkness. Once again, we're hearing the glorious good news of the Bible. Jesus is the light of the world. If we follow Jesus, we have life. If we don't follow Jesus, we walk in darkness. Now, verse 30 was the last verse we looked at last week. Verse 30 of chapter 8. As Jesus was saying these things... Many believed in him. And this week, we pick up from that. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Note, well, Christian faith is not a one-and-done deal. Christian faith isn't uh, signing uh, an insurance policy and then filing it away for when we die and go to stand before the judgment throat of God. Christian faith is an abiding in the word of Jesus. That's what Jesus says here in verse 32. Now, on the one hand, don't panic. Jesus did not say Christian faith is being really, really smart and going to university to understand the word of Jesus. Uh, The test of Christian faith is not a theory exam. On the other hand, don't water down the grace of Jesus. In verse 32, Jesus says, true discipleship, his true disciples are those who abide in his word. So, So, what do we do as a church? Don't we? Like our responsibility is to help each other dig down deep into Jesus' word, to, to live in, to swim in, to dive deep in, to walk in Jesus' word, abide in Jesus' word. Just remember um, don't forget, we have questions at the end of the sermon. There is a phone number up there but we're also going to hand the microphone around again after the sermon as well, like we did last week. So we'll come up to that. All right, so Jesus says um, we must abide in his word. And there's an extraordinary benefit to abiding in Jesus's word. We will know the truth. Did you hear Jesus say that? And that, that makes sense from last week, doesn't it? Jesus told us he is The light of the world. Jesus brings light into our darkness. When we hear Jesus, we hear truth. Our ears finally hear, our eyes finally see. Jesus has come to bring us truth. He's come to John chapter 3, reborn us. We're finally alive. There's truth. But there's, more than that, there's even more good news, Jesus tells us. On top of knowing truth, Jesus' truth, according to verse 32, will set us free. That begs the question free from what? And that's the very question that the crowd then asked Jesus. So we'll keep reading. John chapter 8, verse 33 they answered Jesus, We're offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Is this still on, or is it just this microphone? It's just the wind. Yep, all right. You sure? I think it's the wind coming through the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys happy to put up with a bit of wind? Yeah, I like to move around, so I'm happy to move this microphone. So just a bit of, it's a breeze. We could, I could, could you shut the doors, please? No, we'll put up with a bit of wind noise through the microphone. Um, Let's read Jesus' answer to... uh, no, No, sorry, the crowd asking Jesus about being set free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we become free? Now, we've got to think about this one. Because we know that those... Jews, the original hearers of Jesus in this crowd, they know what it is to be slaves. I mean, soon after Abraham, they were slaves to Egypt. And a couple of centuries later, not not too much later, they become slaves to Assyria, slaves to Babylon, the Perds, the Medians. Um, They know what it is to be slaves. But they're saying, we're not slaves, we've never known what it is to be slaves. They understood what Jesus was saying. Jesus was talking about a freedom, not from earthly slavery, but freedom to be connected to God, freedom to be in God's house. And so let's keep reading how Jesus then responds. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Here's the heart of what Jesus just told that crowd. Physical birth counts for nothing when it comes to being in God's house. Our family tree does not matter. Every single human, we can all trace our ancestry back to Adam and Eve. Therefore, all of us, because of Adam and Eve's sin and them being kicked out of the garden, we have all been kicked out of God's house. We're all born as slaves to sin, And most of us know what that original crowd didn't know. They know how Jesus, as the truth that has come from the Father, sets us free from being slaves to that sin that keeps us out of God's house. Jesus went to the cross and died for our sin. Jesus is the Son who has come from the Father, died in our place, and can bring us who are living outside of God's family into God's family. That's the nub of what Jesus said in these verses. At the cross, Jesus does a great exchange. It's a glorious exchange. Christians sing about it regularly. All of our sin was put onto Jesus. And Jesus died for our sin. And in return, Jesus gives us his family heritage. Jesus can bring us in to the Father's house. This is the good news of the gospel. But the great exchange is not for everyone. It is only for those who come to Jesus, who believe in Jesus, who abide in Jesus, And so when God looks at humanity, God looks and he only sees children and slaves. Children, his children are those who have come to Jesus and abide in Jesus. Everybody else are slaves to sin. Again, we are seeing, we are hearing Jesus draw that line in the sand. Jesus is being black and white. Jesus is being crystal clear. There's no wiggle room. And if we're thinking that Jesus' talk about slavery to sin is provocative, let's listen to where he went next. Have a look at verse 39. Let's read along. They answered him. No, no, verse 38, sorry. I need to go to verse 38. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him. Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. You're not children of Abraham. Abraham listened to God, obeyed God, believed in God. But you guys, the son who's come from God, you want to kill him. Whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And so obviously we're shifting here now from slaves to sin to children of the devil. Line in the sand, black and white, deliberately provocative. But little aside... Before we come back to the passage, Jesus is not provocative in the way that some Christians are provocative. So, some Christians, it's almost like they just like to be jerks. Jesus always holds his convictions with courage and compassion. Yes, Jesus is convicted about how to have a relationship with the Father, and he'll speak clearly with courage and conviction. Courage and conviction. We sing it regularly. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. I'm off on a little tangent because I hope you all know that we're being groomed by mainstream media and social media to become more and more toxic. Uh, we, we now know that you know so, um, social media, the online platforms, uh, they, they have these little bots that work to an algorithm because that they, they want us to get more views. Uh, if you post something, they post something. They actually want it to blow up. They want more views. They want more people looking in all the time. And, and, and mainstream media, there's so many mainstream uh, media platforms out there now that they're all vying for our view as well. And do you know the best way to get a view? You know the best way to attract us to something? We learned it in high school. Start a fight. (laughs) You Remember, some of you are still at high school. Fight, 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 and the crowds just come in. This is what's going on on social media. The the best way to to get us all looking at a certain post is to call a name out, to shame someone, to get a troll started up, and and lots and lots of comments. And Why am I pointing that out to us? Because the great tragedy is when us Christians jump in with the same toxicity. We get involved. We fight fire with fire. We join in the name calling rather than enter in with fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. Culture says, if you're not with me, I'm against you. Jesus says, love your enemy." And so my top tip for uh, internet usage, when you're in a heated discussion with someone, don't go hashtag your child of the devil. Jesus is very provocative in John chapter 8. But there is context. There is context here in chapter 8. Why did Jesus point out the crowd's slavery to sin? Simple. Because he came to set us free from that slavery. Jesus didn't rub their nose in their sin. Jesus said, I've come and I've got truth and I've come to set you free. Why did Jesus point out the fact that they are children of the devil? Because they truly believed that their family tree saved them. And it was a false religion. And so Jesus called them out. He said, you're not actually behaving like children of Abraham. Abraham listened to God and believed in God, but you're not behaving like Abraham. You're behaving like your father, the devil. You see, Jesus, he's called the great physician. Jesus knows our greatest problem is our slavery to sin. Our slavery to sin means if we ever think about God, if we only think sinfully about God, we will try and build a religion to God. And Jesus says, don't. Stop it. He's the good doctor who diagnoses our big problem and says, now come to me. Abide in me. And wouldn't it have been great if the crowd heard Jesus and said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for calling me a slave of sin, and thank you for calling me a child of the devil. They didn't. They, they gave it back at Jesus. Have a look at verse 48. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Now, to understand that, we need to understand that there's been hundreds of years of racial hatred, between Samaritans and Jews. So that first thing, you're a Samaritan, is actually a racial slur. Think about the worst racial slur we could say against another race, and, and that's what's going on there. It's a racial slur. And then, oh, Jesus, you're so off the rocker, you've got a demon. Racial slur, you've got a demon. Now, Jesus did answer them but he skipped right over the whole racial slur, just dealt with the demon bit. Verse 49, Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, you hear it again, abide in me, keep my word, abide in me, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? If you're new to the Christian faith, new to reading the Bible, Abraham lived hundreds of years before this incident. Imagine you were from a royal family. Let's go to the whole hog, like a really wealthy royal family, a royal family of a whole country. And and the way that your family became the royal family is that hundreds of years beforehand, a great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was the king who led your country into a battle with another country that was really tearing your country apart. And this king won the battle, set the country free, returns and sets the country up with protection and pr- prosperity. That, that's your ancestor. Picture you're part of that royal family. And there you are today, part of that royal family. And somebody comes along and says... I want you to stop having allegiance to that great-great-great-grandfather and now follow me. Tie up your allegiance to me. There'd be a bit of argy-bargy, wouldn't there? A little bit like what we're seeing here in John chapter 8. And so as the argy-bargy comes up, then imagine that this new guy on the block says, whoa, 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 back off. Your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather longed for my day. He rejoiced in my day. So get on board. You're thinking, what are you saying? Are you saying that you lived all the way back there? That's crazy. Are you saying that a great, great, grandfather had a crystal ball and he could see into the future? This is the tension that's going on. As Jesus said, you talk up Father Abraham, but I want you to know that Father Abraham rejoiced in my day. Here's what Jesus is saying. My day, Jesus' day, is way more, infinitely more important than Abraham's day. Get on board. Because Abraham, as he trusted and believed in God, he knew my day was coming. He longed for this day. And I'm now here. Get on board. the original crowd of John 8 had a huge decision to make. Jesus was telling them to give up their false hope in a family tree and hand their lives over to Jesus. Now, I'm saying that's a huge decision, but it was only a huge decision because that crowd had to admit they were wrong. That crowd had to give up their pride in this family tree, in this heritage, in their basically religious bigotry, and hand their lives over to Jesus. But isn't that a simple choice? Jesus has come and said, I'm, I'm the light of the world. Get on board with me. I'm, I'm the light of life. Come, come to me and I will set you free. I am the Son." who will bring you into the Father's house. That choice, that decision, that allegiance, it's so important. Jesus pushed the crowd all the way. Here's where we head into our third point, where Jesus is basically saying, crown me or kill me. Have a look at verse 58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am so they picked up stones to throw at him but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple hey, in the old testament we have this extraordinary account of God recruiting Moses to lead Israel and it really is an extraordinary account we, we heard a little bit of it from our first bible reading that Naomi brought to us uh, there's God recruiting Moses to lead his people Israel and Moses is reluctant. That, that's an understatement. I think Moses is probably the most reluctant leader in the history ever. Uh, Moses, he, he actually argued with God. <laughs> he said, what's up? God, you're not very good at choosing leaders. You might have made a universe, but I think you get leadership wrong, not me. And one of the things Moses said to God was... Um, Look, if I was to turn up to your people, they're going to turn around and say, who sent you? And God told Moses, tell them, I am sent you. I am who I am has sent you. I am is God's holy covenant name. It is so holy, Jews will not even say it. And in John chapter 8, Jesus says God's holy name. Jesus not only speaks God's holy name, he takes it and applies it to himself. Jesus tells the crowd, I am a big deal. I am self-existent. I am the creator of the world. I am the sustainer of everything. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Imagine a new author becomes way more famous than J.K. Rowling. Like, they're, they're, these new books, they're a million times more famous than Harry Potter. Like so, That's pretty famous, yeah? Everyone around the world is reading this author. They're, they're famous. And you get to go to one of their promo, promo tours and hear them speak. And, and as the author gets up to speak and you're part of the crowd, you, you hear this author say... I am a big deal. I am self-existent. I have always been. I'm the creator and maker of everything. I will determine your eternal destiny. What are you going to think? Here's—I'll tell you what—you're not going to think. Oh. That was interesting. I should probably listen to their TikTok reels. Now you, you, you might entertain the thought for a millisecond, maybe they're God. But what you're probably going to think, they're delusional. They might have a demon. They're dangerous. You're not going to walk away and go, mm, maybe I should listen to them a little bit more. There's no middle ground here. Jesus said, I am. There's no middle ground. The crowd knew it. The crowd knew that Jesus is basically saying, either crown me or kill me. And the crowd knew it, and they picked up rocks. They wanted to murder him. But did you hear that at the end? They didn't, because Jesus' hour hadn't come yet, <laughs> and he disappeared. Jesus can do that. Jesus can disappear from the middle of a crowd that was about to kill him because he is I am. Wow. Just before we um, finish up, I need to clear something up. It's the crown me or kill me. It's because I've used that as a heading because the chapter ends with the crowd actually picking up rocks. And we do know that that crowd will eventually kill Jesus. They will conspire with Uh, the Roman authorities and they will kill Jesus. And so in that moment, it's right for us to hear Jesus saying to the crowd, either crown me or kill me. They're your two choices. There's no middle ground here. I am. But now, after the cross and resurrection of Jesus, our two choices are different, but just as serious. Crown me, Or reject me. You see, Jesus has died. And he's died for the sins of the world. And he's been raised from the grave. Like he's risen to life. And he's now seated on the throne of the universe. All authority has been given to Jesus. And so there's no middle ground. It's either crown Jesus... Follow him, abide in him, worship him, hand your life completely over to him. Or reject him. And remain condemned in your sin. Line in the sand, black and white. And some people think that that just sounds oppressive. It's not. It's the most freeing words in the whole universe and that will ever be. Because oppression is... Well, it's remaining in sin. It's remaining apart from the God who made us. Freedom is what Jesus came to bring. Freedom from our slavery to sin so that we can be brought in to the house of God. And so if there's anyone here tonight that hasn't handed their life over to Jesus, I beg you, come to him. Believe in him. See him. Ask lots of questions about him because he will set you free. He will give you life. Now, now most of us have come to him. Most of us have put our... I mean, we're a Christian church. I'm talking mostly to my brothers and sisters. Brother, sister. Jesus sets us free. He's I am. Is there... Anything that you are holding back from Jesus? Is there any part of your life where you're thinking, I just don't want to submit that to Jesus? Young folk, don't be thinking, yeah, when I'm as old as the guy up the front... Then I'll have a bit more time to give everything to Jesus. But right now, I just, I just have to study. I have to build relationships. I've got all this stuff on my table. Let me tell you something. That won't change, that busy thinking. I can do this later I can commit more later. It won't change when you're 20. It won't change when you're 30. It won't change when you're 40. It won't change. There will always be, oh, yeah, I'll have more time to throw myself in later. No, 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 don't, don't hold back. Je- Jesus is I am. He's not a little part of our life. He's everything. Throw yourself in. Uh, Is there a sin that you run to? And here's one of the ways that the devil can trip us up. Our life is really hard. There's something going on. Maybe you've got something in your life that actually is really awful. It's just really hard to deal with. It's hard to face. I mean, straight away, we could all be thinking about a hundred different things, isn't it? Life can just be really hard sometimes. And there's a pet sin that you run to because it makes you forget about this really big problem. But this thing over here, oh, it promises life. Can you hear the devil lying again, this, this father of lies? Oh, if I just spend time in this. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is I am. He's the light of the world. He's come to set us free. Bring into light everything into Jesus. I remember the prayer. I forgot who pr- led us in prayer tonight. Bronte, boom. Bronte said, uh, "She led us in a prayer of, like, let's just expose everything before God." We've sung it already tonight, haven't we? Naked, I come to you for dress. Like we bring ourselves into the light of Jesus, everything. And and this is the picture that we should have in our head. It's Jesus, as I am, with arms ready to embrace. He loves us and he says, come in. Jesus is I am. I'm going to pray and see if there's any questions. Oh, Father. Would we run to Jesus for freedom for our souls? Would we hear you speak tonight? Father, your word is truth. It is true truth. And so make our hearts believe. Father, I pray for anyone here tonight who's yet to hand their life over to Jesus. Would this be the night? For those of us who have, Father, help us taste and hear and see the goodness of utterly, completely submitting our lives to you. We pray this for your glory and our joy. Amen. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our latest sermon, or better yet, join us live at 9.30 or 5 p.m. Sunday. You can find all the details on our website at tpcc.org.au.